You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Thursday, so it's time for Wayne on Wednesday, perversely. I couldn't make it yesterday, uh, but now we're rectifying that appalling situation. Wayne McCurry is a portfolio manager at FNB Wealth and Investment, and he's with me now. Wayne, you know, since we last spoke, I saw a two-day fall in NASPES and process of over 20%. And then yeah. I, I think yesterday, I think it was, I think process I mean, closed up 17%. 17% yeah, in 20%, one day. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah. What on earth happened? That is astonishing. Well, look, a couple of things happened. Um, and in order of less importance, yes, nothing falls in a straight line forever. No. You always get some sort of bounce. So so let's let's uh, sort of put that behind us. All right. Secondly, and most importantly, is that the Chinese government came up with a little bit of a statement saying we're not going to torture our tech company so much anymore because they realized i think the damage that was done when the chinese tech index had fell 65 percent yeah and these are their largest companies that consume capital at an alarming rate and need a listing and need a high share price so that was the big boost now i remember even though it jumped up 20 percent yesterday this is not talking specifically on NASPERS. Yes. You know, it's still down from, I call it 2,700 to 1,800 since January. Yeah. So, I mean, it's come down significantly. You were saying the other day, actually the last time we spoke, last Wednesday, you said that you thought that these companies, both of the, the aforementioned companies, notably NASPERS, offered great value. You must yes. have been horrified to see that two-day downward move that we saw, but extremely gratified uh, by seeing yeah, them bounce back. a little bit, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, but you still believe they offer some value. I still think they show value. Mm. Now, whether we've seen the bottom or not, we don't know. If the Chinese government is true to their word and they're going to stop this attack, on tech shares, yes. the shares are only going to go up from this level. Okay. Forget about the war. The exposure to Russia is very, very small. That's already in the price. Yes. So, yes, if, as long as Chinese government doesn't continue to attack the tech shares, the, the, it's probably just up, just price going up from here because there is truly tremendous, tremendous value. I mean, these things, these shares, NASPAS and PROCESS, could go up 30, 50% in the next year. That's how far they've come down. And exactly. even then they won't go back to their previous highs. So they were too high in the first place and they were too low a week or so ago. And now they're just yes. going to find the equilibrium, like for example, something like Aspen well, has done. It's, it's interesting to say they were too high to start off with. If the Chinese government didn't attack the tech shares and close down significant parts of their business, mainly the online education and education technology and the access to overseas training and stuff like that. The share price was probably justified, but the Chinese government wiped out 20% of their revenue, 25% of their revenue and profits are just gone. I wonder what the motivation was. I wonder what the motivation was to to, 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 politics, to turn it around. This is a communist this is a communist regime where they don't want funny capitalistic ideas permeating into their society. And that's what was happening with this education, technology, etc. You were getting English professors and English teachers teaching Chinese children. Yes. 
They didn't like it. And that's one of the aspects. But there's many, many other things, but that was one of the aspects. You know, the other big factor, of course, is these companies were just getting too big. And Chinese government doesn't like anyone even, not even threatening their, 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 their position, their power base. It's just having the ability to do it. Remember when Jack, now I forget which Jack it was. Jack Ma. But it's one of the Jack. Yeah. When he criticized the government about something in some conference or some public appearance, he disappeared. He had to lay low. He actually disappeared for a long time and he kept very quiet and they didn't allow his listing to happen and all of these things there. So you, no matter how powerful you think you are or how rich you think you are, how influential you think you are, if you're Chinese, you cannot criticize the Chinese government in any format. No. Okay, but it's all out the way now. They've done this U-turn. I don't know what the catalyst for it was. Maybe they're saying, well, if their revenues are falling and their share price is falling, then they're not paying as as many taxes as they used to to us, and we've just got to bite yeah. the bullet a little bit. And here. I mean, hmm. exactly. And and these these were their biggest companies. You know, it's it's like it's like uh, Americans saying, "Listen, banking system, hang on a second we're not going to allow you to sell investment products or we're not going to allow you to sell insurance. You know, you don't attack your biggest companies. Well, no. that's like a more, more correct. It's like the American government going to the tech companies and saying, listen, you guys are too powerful. You've got to unbundle. You've got to create little um, mini bells, marbles and mini bells. And by the way, I still think that's a possibility. Eh? Do you Politicians think don't like any institution or any person or any grouping to become too powerful. So if you say to and yourself, forced it to you've, give, you've, got a new, you've got a new client and you say, okay, well, we've got to have a look at these companies because they have been such an important part of the JSC Securities Exchange. They've had a checkered history. They've soared, they've plunged, and now they're going back up again. At the same time, when you see that the, the, sorry, the Chinese say one thing one month and a few months later they say something else, there is always regulatory, this regulatory sort of Damocles overhanging them. Yes. Yes, in China in particular, yes. Hmm. So what do you do? How do you play it? There's enough discounting issues at these prices. Okay, so there's a China regulatory discount already built in and maybe a little bit Massively more. Massively so. Yeah, and they could uh, go... Because, I mean, again. before the shares fell, NASPAS, before NASPAS fell, and, I mean, who knows what the true underlying value of NASPAS is, but, you know, our analysts looking at NASPAS said that NASPAS was 40% undervalued to, you know, this big discount. Yes. It was a 40% discount. Now the share falls 50%, 60%. So there's literally a 100% discount. The shares can double in theory. In theory, with the, if the discount had to go to zero, the shares could double. So there's plenty of uh, risk built into those share prices already. 
What an intriguing prospect. Can we talk something about something about um, a, a subject that I find quite boring? And mainly because when people say they, they find something boring, it's usually because they don't understand it. And that's the case here with the South African property sector. We've had high prop and growth point coming up with numbers in the last few days. And I noticed yes. um, the high, high prop going up around about 6% uh, today. What do, you, yes. what do you think about that sector, Wayne? Okay, so first of all, as we all know, these shares have rallied enormously. Yes. That's one of the it's one of the best sectors. It's certainly up there with financials and it's beaten industrials absolutely hands down. And I think the resource shares might are, are still better on a year on year basis, but they've had a tremendous rally over the last two years. They they really haven't. We spoke about it quite extensively. You know, in the in the pits of depression of the, of of these shares. So, if you take Growth Point, which is the biggest share, you know, it fell to during the COVID crisis. It fell to call it call it ten bucks. Guess now up at thirteen bucks. So it's rallied thirty percent off that bottom. And you've got quite nice distribution out of it. And the distribution yield you're getting now, the actual yield, your payments, money in your pocket. Is about ten percent a year, which is fantastic, and that should grow, you know, over time. Maybe in the not the next few years, or very marginal growth in the next few years. But you're still owning a growth asset, and the ten percent yield on a company that will grow its distributions to you is not a bad yield. No, it's not a bad yield, but as you say, they've sold. So but they're much. not as cheap as what they were. No, I mean, if you were, you could have bought them at a fifteen percent forward yield. You know, two years ago. Yes, but how do you how do you approach them now? It's it's almost like we're talking about the South African retailer or the South African insurance companies or banks. They've yeah, they, but look, the they, banks they've recovered, and this is a South African the banks story. have rallied hard. Mm. Yeah, yeah, these things haven't finished their rally yet. They're they're the property companies yet. I don't think. All right, you'd be adding to these or just holding and not selling. What would no, you, what be, do you do? I'll be holding. I'll be holding, but if I was underweight against whatever benchmark you measuring yourself forget, I wouldn't be underweight. If I was underweight, I would buy. Okay, I'm writing that down now. Because, I mean, I tell you a story. I went to the office mm. in the last week to attend a meeting in that. Bad luck. And up until, up until last week, you could park almost outside the lift in our parking. Now, when I went there, you had to go in, turn left, turn right, go down the ramp, turn left, go around the pillar to find a parking. People mm. are coming back to work. Okay. And I think that trend will continue. I don't think it'll ever get back to the yes. levels. It's like saying you maybe no, less maybe people will get back, back to, to its level, level, but I don't yeah. think office attendance will get back to the pre-COVID levels. There'll still be some flexibility in your, in your working hours. And I think that's a very productive, a very productive move. I, I think... Yes. People want a combination, almost like a, a hybrid system. Uh, some days in the office, obviously, to uh, you know, chat away to um, be people in HR and stuff, and but sit at home and work when you want to work, as long as you get the job done. That's my attitude. Yes, and it'll probably be one day in five, hmm. eventually. Not now, maybe now it'll be three days in five you're staying at home. But eventually it'll work out to one day in five. Because if you're not in the mix in the office you will certainly feel you're losing out because people will be talking about things and you're not there. You know, so 
pure admin people who don't really have to work together as a team who are doing, you know, let's call it batch processing type of functions. They can work at home forever. Yeah. But even then they don't want to. You know, we are still social animals. I'm not. No, you are. You are. You go out on your bicycle and you go to soccer matches and you go out to restaurants. Yeah, but I'll tell you about my football match now. When I go to a football match, I'm not sitting down with people and saying, hello, Bill, hello, John, how are you doing? You're still in a group. You're still in a group. still in a group environment. You're still part of a a social gathering. Yeah, but we're all looking at a pitch. You just might be be old and grumpy, but but we, we, we are still ultimately social animals. Less of the old, please, uh, Wayne. But you, when you go to a football okay. match, Wayne, but, you're, you're but looking not, at the pitch and everybody's looking at the pitch. No one's turning around and saying, hello, Lindsay, how are you? Yeah, but you're part of the team. you got the you got the yes. I mean, I mean, I'm not a big live, live sporting fan. I go, to, I go to the odd rugby game, but I'm not a big live sporting fan. But like the, the rugby World Cup, the yeah. cricket World Cup, the soccer World Cup, when it's not in South Africa... Mm. You know, I will go to the local, the local place, the local dive, and watch it on TV. And you know, you're in a bit of a team. Yes. There's a bit of a chaos there. A bit of a, so yeah, we are all social animals. So you know, we're not going to work at home forever. Well, well anyway, I, I disagree with you with your assessment of my personality that I am a social animal. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm not a social animal, but I will go to football matches. And on that note, I went to Lille yesterday. I got there around about lunchtime. Now, if if you cross the border between the Netherlands, um, south of the Netherlands, uh, Zeeland, where I where I live, it's very close to the Belgian border. You then go across Belgium, and immediately that you cross into France. So I was in three countries um, today and yesterday. Immediately you go into France, then you've got a town called Lille, and it's very historic. And it, it's almost um, talking about that word hybrid again. It's almost like a, a Franco-Belgian hybrid. So you go there and you think, well, am I in France or am I in Belgium? It's sort of Flemish almost. I'd call it more Flemish than French, even though it's in France. And you go there. The first thing I did, checked into my hotel, and then I walked to the main square, which is very beautiful, fantastic, uh, 16th and 17th century buildings and everything. Unfortunately, there were a lot of Chelsea fans there and they were all singing and they weren't being rowdy, they weren't being rough, but they were they were singing. So I thought, well, look, I'm going to go down a few back streets. So I wandered around a few back streets. And you know what strikes me compared to the Netherlands or even to South Africa? I walked along there and every second or third place is a restaurant that I wanted to go into, Wayne. It, it would say, yes. you know, have a chalkboard there saying Mool Marinier and frites and things like things like that. And I think, which one do I choose? You're so spoilt for choice. Even if you eat, go into the most ordinary one, you're almost guaranteed to have good food. So I just picked the one that yes. was the nicest. I sat at the bar and uh, I ordered a bowl of mussels, a bowl of Mool oh. and, some, and, 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 some, and some chips and a Belgian beer. And I sat there. I was in heaven. I could have had anything. I could have had a plate of charcuterie with cheese and uh, and half a baguette or something. But it all looks so good. And I, I, I don't trust nations that don't have a good food culture. South Africa is growing up a lot. Uh, the Netherlands isn't. Uh, but I, I just loved it. And I thought of you and I thought, Wayne, you would go mad here. If you, you, you and your partner went there, you would probably spend a whole week going to lunch, breakfast, lunch and dinner every single day at a different place. I thought of that. And I know you yes, would do. Yes, I would. I would. I, I, I agree with you there. I actually would. Mm. 
And I, and I, interestingly enough, went to a French restaurant this weekend. Oh, yeah? Where's that? I went to Paul's. I went to Paul's. Oh, you mean the, the baker? Chain. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, the, no, that's, it's a proper restaurant. They don't just do baking. Oh, in no Arts, right? I, I, had a, I, had a, I had a crepe with, very simple, but a crepe with um, cheese and ham and onions and it was delicious. And my partner had, believe it or not, because we, neither of us are either particularly healthy eaters, but she had a chicken salad mm. that was delicious. <clears throat> and I've been there before. And I actually wanted the, they do a roast beef, or they used to do a roast beef with dunking sauce. Yes. And some, uh, uh, like, almost roast potatoes on the side. And that was outstandingly good but unfortunately it was off the menu why do people take away your favorite foods wayne i mean like the, your your famous Woolworths, no, it happens squid, all the time. squid story it happens all the time <laughs> i'm clearly cursed yeah but I, funnily enough, I went to, you know, there's pool um, um, boulangeries everywhere. And I, I, when I got there, because I, I, couldn't, I couldn't wait for lunch, I was so hungry, having travelled for quite a while. I, I bought a, a, half a, a half a baguette from a, a, pool, um, a, a pool bakery. And it's absolutely delicious. They do, they do it very well. The French yeah, are very, delicious. very good they at bread. Yeah. Very well. Yeah, they do. No, it's, and, and I must say, it was truly exceptional. Mm. Okay. I'm getting hungry again. Wayne, thank you very much for your time. That's yes, Wayne, so am I. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Wayne McCurry is from FMV Wealth and Investment, and that was Wayne on Wednesday on Thursday. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organisation, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.